Reclaimed by Ayla Asher, Arter Creek, Book One. Two weary souls find each other against all odds. Ashlyn Rivers has left her cheating fiance behind and moved to Arter Creek to revamp her life. Done with men in general, she has plenty to focus on, like building her new business and renovating her house for the local haunted home store. Falling in love is definitely not on the agenda. Scott Grillo lost his family in a tragic accident several years ago. Still processing the loss, he throws himself into his contracting business, pushing away the loneliness and the heartache. When Ashlyn blazes into Scott's life, he turns down her request to renovate her house, vowing to squelch the desire she stirs deep inside. But Ashlyn is a force to be reckoned with, and Scott finds himself longing for her embrace each day she remains in Arter Creek. Can these two disillusioned souls reclaim their hearts and choose to love again? Welcome to Arter Creek, the small Pennsylvania town where love is in the air. If you like a grumpy hero, a feisty heroine, and steamy romance, this book is your jam. The main character is a widower who discusses the loss of his family, so please take note of this before reading. Settle in and fall in love with Arter Creek today. That's Hearts Reclaimed, Arter Creek Book 1 by Ayla Asher. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We've got a brand new audiobook this week, and I'm going to pronounce Andy's last name. She wrote it out for me on how to say it, and I think I got it right. It's Finishell. Finish. It's not, I don't think it's Finishell. I think it's Finishell. It's Andy, pretty either way. Finishell. Yes, it's really pretty. She has a brand new book with us called Lane to Fame. She is so sweet. Anytime she's messaged or emailed, she's always been so excited and so, you know, just happy to be on the podcast, which always makes me feel great when somebody is eager to be on here and give us a book. So that's awesome. So, um, yeah, like I said, she's got Lane to Fame with us this week. Um, and we'll tell you about all her good stuff and her giveaways in just a little bit. Before then, we're going to talk and catch up. I do have a... Um, a correction I need to issue on myself. Um, during Adrian J. Smith's week of Deathscape, I was talking about the um, new season of Bridgerton, and I said their last name I thought was Patel. It's Sharma. It's different in the book, but they changed it on the show to Sharma and not Patel. So, And I also said I think she was Indian um, race, and I think it's just Indian descent instead of saying Indian race. I don't know if that's incorrect or not, but I did want to say it the right way. Um, so yeah, so I just want to say that her last name Sharma, but it starts March 25th, and I'm so excited. I saw some of like the the pictures and stuff they released for um, I guess like the promo pictures and stuff, and oh my god, it looks so good. It kind of made me want to read the books, but I've heard the books are so different than the show that I'm like, damn it, now I don't want to. But it like seeing the promo pictures and stuff, it makes it does, and it's enticing me too. Yeah, it looks so good. It does. Um, so the finale of Love Is Blind was last Mm -hmm. Friday, and they had the reunion show this Friday. Have you watched it yet? No, I haven't watched it yet, but I've seen like. 
like one of the most hated guys or whatever. Shame. Like, like the promo for him. Yes. Oh is he like a vet? Oh no no! Oh, that's Shake. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he's a vet. He is okay. terrible. That's who I've seen yeah. promos or people talking about him yeah. or whatever, crossing my other reality stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a little bit. So if you don't want to know anything about Love Is Blind, if you haven't watched the last episode, fast forward for give me like five minutes, okay? Um. So yeah. So at the season finale that was this past week. The guy that was there, that guy Shake, that's a vet. So I don't, I don't, I won't, I'll try not to spoil it because in case you watch it. But they get to the last episode. I like spoilers. They're fine. Okay. So he gets there and, you know, you on the show, you know, you go kind of like do your um, engagement week at the, after you get engaged, <laughs> when you finally see each other, you go to a week to an island. Then you come back for a week and you live together. But Shake and Deep Tea are um, Indian. And so she's very religious. She lives at home. You know, she's, she doesn't move out until she gets married. She's like part of her family. And so I don't believe they live together. But he kept saying to the camera the whole season that he was not attracted to her sexually. He's like, I just don't understand because like we connect on every level. Like she feels like my best friend. She understands me better than anyone has ever understood me. I love her. I care about her. I think she's an incredible person. She'll be a great mom, but I just don't want to fuck her. I seen pictures of them together because the post I seen clicked me through to him. I Uh wanted to take a look at him. Yeah. And I seen them together. It's like, it pisses me off because that when I watch the show, all I could think about, she's going to see this. She's going to see this right now. She's going to see him telling all his boys that he doesn't want to fuck her. I don't remember looking at the pictures and thinking he's way hotter than her at by any means. You don't think you didn't think he was hotter than her? No, like when I looked at the pictures, yeah. like I didn't have like a oh, he's way hotter than her. Yeah. Which I would generally notice because I usually find women mm-hmm. prettier. Or no. whatever. If he would have been way up there, I would have noticed that. He so I didn't me, have that in my head. He reminds me of Aziz Ansari, like the comedian. He looks kind of like him, where mm-hmm. he's cute, like in a nerdy kind of way. And I can see like the appeal. He's kind of like a bro. And mm-hmm. not all bros are terrible. But, you know, sometimes they're fun at parties. But I don't want to date one. Like, they're douchebags, you know? Like, the, but they can be fun in certain situations. But I think now that I'm, like, recalling seeing mm-hmm. her, I don't feel like she was trying to be overtly sexy. No, or no, absolutely mix. she wasn't. She's not trying mm-hmm. to be sexy. She's she seemed, like, even from the beginning, she seemed very classy. And also, I, want, I don't want to use, maybe it's not demure, that's not the right word, but very, like, um... Very conscious of, like, covering her, but modest. That is the word I would use. She was very modest. And, again, that probably calls back to her religion and her family and and the way she was brought up. Um, There's a moment where they're swimming in, like, a snow tay, like, in a cave. And she has, like, this wrap around her. And she actually swims with it on. And I think it's because she doesn't want to expose, like, the lower half of her body. Which, I mean, that's her prerogative. And there's another scene where she's in a bathing suit in a pool. And they don't show her getting into the pool. And I think that was very, like, purposeful when they did that. Mm -hmm. But she also said in the beginning that she lost, like, 80 pounds. Like, 70 or 80 pounds before she did this. So the first time Shake sees her, she's walking towards him and he's like jaw on the floor. She's gorgeous. And she is beautiful. And like, he's like, holy shit, she's so fucking hot. He's going on and on and on. 
And then the next time you see them together, he's watching her come into the pool and you could just see his face fall. (sighs) And it was like seeing her in a bathing suit. It was just like, that's when he decided, oh no, this isn't going to work. Because, and you can tell when she jumps in the water and I am by no means like trying to like say anything negative about her, but you could tell when she got in the water, like she was probably pear shaped maybe when she lost a lot of weight. Cause you could tell there was a lot of skin on her thighs, like her arms and chest, everything were very like slim and everything. It didn't look like she had a lot of skin. Like she lost a ton of weight, but in her thighs, you could tell. Like yeah, that was where I lost she a lo- lot of weight, and you can tell most in my thighs. Yeah, like where all her extra skin is, which mm-hmm. I get I have huge thighs. Like, yes, if I lost weight in them, it would be like sandbags around my no, ass. I understand completely what you're saying. Yeah, so like when she was swimming, you could see like her thighs moving, and I thought like that's what he saw. I, I like, I, he didn't say it, but I feel like that's the moment where he was like, nope, this isn't, I can't fuck her. No wonder everybody fucking hates Oh, things. he was so fucking shallow. So anyway, so it gets to the end. And so you have a week where you live together or whatever. Although, like I said, I don't think they did. And they go to the altar and they ask, like, they ask them, like, okay, they do the vows or whatever. And they, do you, DT, take shake to be your husband or whatever? And she goes first and she's got, and she just looks at him and she says, no. (laughs) And everybody was like, I was here with Abby Knox because I asked her to come over on Friday. I made a big breakfast. We sat down. Like, it was awesome. We had, like, a big brunch. And we watched it together. And I told they her before. They must have showed her. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if they showed her, but may I don't know. Maybe they did. But I told Abby before it went on. I said, what I want with my whole heart is for her to turn him down. Because we've watched this whole season behind the scenes with him being a dick. And I don't think she saw any of it. And I think I said, they showed her. But I didn't think she would turn him down because she seemed really in love with him. But what she said really, like, hit home with me when she said, um, she turned him down and she said, you have treated me, from the moment we met, you've treated me like I wasn't good enough for you. And she said, you're not good enough for me. And, like, just embarrassed him in front of all their friends and family. Their whole family was there on both sides. It was, like, a big Indian wedding. I love this. I and gotta her watch mom, this. I know. Her mom is, like, crying and everything because she's so proud of her daughter. She's so proud of her. Like, she's just crying. And Deep Dee is just, like, like, have a nice life and just walks the fuck out. And they show her outside and her mom's, like, crying. And Deep Dee's like, don't cry. She said, I chose me. I made the right choice today. I chose me. And then fucking Shake, who is just, like, a baby bitch after Deep Dee, he was like, hell yeah, this is a party, guys. Run that thing. You know, and it's like, play the drums, play the music. Hell yeah, let's get a drink. Like, partying. Because Deep Dee turned him down. And he goes off camera. Like, the camera's, like, zooming away, you know, or whatever. Like, he doesn't see the camera. I guess it's hidden or something. And he's telling his friend, he was like, oh, she totally would have said yes if I would have gone first. If they would have asked me first and I said yes, she would have said yes. She definitely wanted to get married. She saved me. I dodged a bullet today. Oh, my God. Like, just talk. Talked trying to so much trash. Talked so asshole. much trash. So the reunion show is this Friday, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> I hope that it's like recent, and they've watched all of this, and she's seen what a dirty asshole he is. Good for her. I know it was badass, and it was so unexpected. Me and Abby were both like, ah! <laughs> like in my living room. It was great. 
It was so much That's fun. amazing. I know. It was so good to see her take like this moment and just become this powerful, badass goddess. And she said, someone will be lucky to have me. And she even told him, she said, one day you're going to look back and realize that I was the best thing that ever happened to you. And that's the yeah. damn truth. Like, because I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, motherfucker, you dodged a bullet? Are you kidding me? You would have been lucky to get hit by that bullet. Oh. Hmm. What an ass. I know. I know. It was so good, though. It was It was a really good... And there was a couple of other things that happened. And I don't want to... You know, we don't have to do a whole podcast on Love is Blind. But God, each couple, though, was a shock. Every answer was a shock. Abby and I were just like, what the fuck is this couple going to do? Like, you know, <laughs> because they do all the weddings in one day. So they yeah. show all... Well, I guess it's... However they film it, they show them all in one episode. Yeah. So you get all the weddings in one episode and you're like, one after the other. We're just like, oh shit, here comes another one. What are they going to do? So... Yeah. yeah, it's really kind of rewarding too after watching all the episodes because... It doesn't feel like any of it is extra. It feels like every episode is really necessary. Mm -hmm. So there's not like, oh, this is a filler episode or they're just burning time. No, it's like good shit happens every episode. I should watch it this weekend. And then you should go watch Love Off the Grid because there's only six episodes. What's that? It's actually like the producers of 90 Day Fiance did it. I wonder if your dad's watched it. It's on Discovery Plus. Oh, if he has your login, then yes, he's watched it. It's where these couples, they do, I think they did like three or four couples, maybe there was five, I don't know, where they go and they do love literally off the grid, where people go to live with somebody they've been talking to online or they fall in love with and they go live like out in the middle of nowhere. Like one of them is in the middle of the fucking desert. This is how you get murdered. One girl, she lives by herself out in the middle of the desert and she met this man like five or six years ago. He looks like uh, a cheap version of um, Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Mm -hmm. Looks like a cheap version of him. Okay. (laughs) And she invites him to come out and stay and he is trying to hack it out in the middle of nowhere where there's not real electricity or service. And I don't know how this woman is doing it. Mm-hmm. But she's trying to, like, she's, like, 10 years older than him. Then there's another couple that's, like, starting a cult, I think. Oh, my God. Of course they are. <laughs> well, I didn't realize they were starting a cult till somebody else said it. <laughs> he, like, has a stretch of land, and he invited her out to live. They're supposed to talk to him into getting married, but they want to have more wives. Mm-hmm. But he's not religious, which okay. I said to somebody, and I was like, well, he's not religious. He could be starting a cult. And somebody was like, you don't have to be religious to start a cult. No, I'm you like, can make your oh. own religion. <laughs> and she's kind of religious, but then she's all like, we need more wives, but I'm the dominant. I need a sub wife. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm me. I'm like, well, that's how they all want to live. They're like building their little house out mm-hmm. in the woods, living in a tent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you would think it was a cult. I guess I'm naive. I'm like, everybody's fine. <laughs> no, it's definitely a cult. It always is. One couple is. is a Kristen Ashley novel. Oh, God. Because the mountain man, he yeah. actually lives out in the mountain. <laughs> and they were together when she was younger. And they broke up. I can't, I don't know if he, I'm guessing he went to the military or something. Because he looks like a mountain man. In his yeah. Fitness, but yeah. built good. She went, got married, had boys. And she... Hey, they've reconnected back up and he wants her to move out to the mountain and she's mm-hmm. all done up and pretty and blonde Ooh. skinny little thing and he even at first I wasn't sure but when he talked about her this is what made me think it was a Kristen Ashley novel because she mm-hmm. was super pretty but actually 
she could hack it. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah, like that. Yeah, she got out there and she wasn't a puss. Mm-hmm. But he, like, gets choked up. He's like, I let her go and I this is my second chance. And he kind of gets choked up. And I'm, like, surprised. Oh, my God. That man's got, like, tears in his eyes. Oh, that's so sweet. So... Yeah. Yeah. So they've just got couples like that. One's like in another desert. It's just interesting to watch. But there's only six episodes and they're each like 40 minutes. You say about the woman that lives in the desert. It reminds me. I went to Arizona with my family, like my husband and the kids, a few years ago, and we did a pink Jeep tour, and they do mm-hmm. them all out there. I don't know if you've been on one or not, but, like, it's literally a pink Jeep, and they take you on these tours, like, out in the desert and stuff like that. I remember your pictures. It looks yeah. adorable. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. We did a sunrise Jeep tour. I mean, the kids were little when we did it, too, and it was really cold, but... We rode out in the desert, like in the dark, and when we get out there, the sun's rising, and it was incredible. It was beautiful, but... It was so pretty, but and when we're out there, like, we look at all these old hieroglyphics, like, you're not even allowed to get close to them. You can see them in the distance, because mm-hmm. they're all protected, but we went through, and he told us all this cool stuff about it, but while we're out there, he was like, hey, I'm just going to go check down here real quick. I haven't been out this way in a few months, and I just want to make sure this lady out here is doing okay. And it was like we circled back through, like, down this long driveway, and, like, he kind of waved, and she, like, hit some, like, a bell or something like that, and then waved back or whatever. It was probably an alarm on her driveway Mm -hmm. or something. But he was like, yeah, she just lives out here by herself, and I usually come out here every couple months and check on her. It's, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere. I mean, we were, like, an hour away from Sedona or something, but. That's what she was getting. But she was, like, brought this guy out there like i said he's a loner drifter and spoilers kind of here but i'm like this is not the man that you keep this is a man (laughs) that comes along in a woman's life after a rebound yeah you you have him and you let him go another (laughs) woman needs him you know another woman needs him you don't paint him and move him in I mean, because he's like, I was to a the fisherman. City. Yeah, he's like, I was a fisherman. I was this. He's a mm-hmm. director. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt bad for the guy because she's like getting mad. I'm like, that's not who he is. Mm-hmm. But yep. she's like, I just don't understand how this big, strong man can't hack it out here. I'm like, I'm not surprised. I can see that a woman could do that before a man. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's not about physical strength, I feel like, for the most part. No, it's, endur- it's emotional strength. endurance. Yeah, it's emotional endurance for sure. Living like that, where you have to have the fortitude to stick it out. Yeah, you gotta want to do it. I don't understand mm. the point. Like, I get that your house is free and all this stuff, but she works so hard. You might as well just get a normal job in the city and get an apartment. <laughs> I guess this way you're doing it for yourself. Maybe it feels more satisfying when you do it on your own. You know, you're not doing it for someone else. I guess. Yeah. I, don't know. I like electricity way too much. <laughs> she had some electricity, but there was no like real shower. She mm-hmm. had to use this outhouse thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You lost me at outhouse. I'm like, ah. I've used plenty of outhouses. No, ma'am. I've punched that card. I don't got to do I it again. I know. Back in my Mm-mm. hunting days. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that no more. Um,. I do have something I wanted to ask about. I saw this thing the other day. I was reading an article about 
Kindle Unlimited killing the competition. And it was an article about how Kindle Unlimited with Amazon, how they actually lose money on this program. I heard that. But the reason they have it is so that the they beat out they so that there's no other competition. Yep. So it keeps people from going somewhere else to purchase their books. Yep. And I didn't know like I'd never really considered that before. I heard like, that a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found it really interesting. And someone in the on the article or whatever, the person that wrote it, they suggested um, if you like Kindle Unlimited, if you like that program, Kobo also offers a Kindle Unlimited type program where you pay um, a monthly subscription fee and you can download and borrow as many times as you want. But um, the authors that are on Kobo are not exclusive to that. Like you are in Kindle Unlimited. Oh. Amazon not only offers this subscription service, but it makes the authors stay in this program and you can't put your books anywhere else. So if you're in Kindle Unlimited and you subscribe to it, all the authors that you read in Kindle Unlimited are not allowed to publish on any They're other platform. Yeah. yeah, you're forced to stay in Kindle Unlimited Amazon. In Kobo, though, it's not exclusive. So if you're in there, if you if you sell a book on Kobo, someone can read it on there. The other side of that coin is that a lot of the authors that are exclusive to KU aren't on Kobo. Mm-hmm. So like you don't get as many, but I mean, like, there are still a ton of people that are on Kobo, like, big, huge authors. You know, like, a lot of authors that are not in Kindle Unlimited are on Kobo. And if you subscribe to this, you can read all of their books for a monthly subscription. That's good to know. All those books you're buying, likely from Amazon that aren't Mm -hmm. in Kindle Unlimited, might be in the subscription over at Kobo. Exactly. And then they also have a point system, too, with Kobo. So for every book you buy, you get so many points and then you can use those points to buy more books. So it's like, if you're going to buy a book anyway, they're rewarding you for doing it. Mm-hmm. So I just think like, you know, I, di- I didn't know any of this until I read this article and it was really, I mean, even though we sell our books in Kobo, I've never purchased from them before. I always just either like go to Amazon or go to Apple. Like I pick one of those and just go with it. So this made me really want to like, I downloaded the Kobo thing. Like I was like, this is it. I'm going to try this program out and see what I think about. Like, you know, put my money where my mouth is at least. And they also have audiobooks I think, that are included in that too, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. And Scribd is that way. Scribd has, I think they might have a subscription. I don't know if it's a subscription or if it's like a. I think it's like a monthly a download. Fee. Is it a monthly subscription? I, I haven't done Something that one like either. That. But they have tons of audiobooks on there. Like if it's on Audible, it's on Scribd. They have tons of stuff. And I think it's the same thing where it's like. I don't know if you get like a subscription where you get a download every so often or you can just download as many as you want. I haven't looked into that one. But that's another one where like I had never considered looking into it before. And mm-hmm. I just thought this that's good to know. Like if anybody is looking to save some money to check both of both Kobo and Scribd out just to see. So I had those listed on my notes to not forget to bring that up. Um, while I'm thinking on it, have you read anything lately since the last time we met? Yeah. <laughs> I needed to pull up my Audible as I said that. Um, I'm actually in the middle of a book that I found interesting. I think that it's called Broken Princess by K.L. Dawn. And I went and clicked it real quick. I read her books off and on. She does mm-hmm. kind of dark romance. But um, 
because she said the book got banned from Apple, Kobo, and Knock already, mm-hmm. and it probably be picked up by or banned by Amazon soon. Mm-hmm. Because I realized, I don't know if other people have noticed it, I think all these people are banning books if the menage is brothers. Yeah. Okay. I'm picking that up. So yeah. That's probably why we're seeing less of those lately, too. Because anytime the menage is brothers, they're considering it incest and banning mm. the box. So mm. I was reading that. What else did I read? Oh, I I actually reread a book. That's right. Um, by Linda Chance, The Rancher's Virgin. It's a oh book. wow, that's an old one. It is an old one. Yeah. I don't know. Like, do you ever have old books yep. that pop in your head? And I'm like, all the oh, time. I read that book. I love. <laughs> I don't. It's such a cute book. He like finds her on the train, and she's pretending to be a widow, and he takes her out to her ranch so the sheriff can come get her. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff comes up, and he's like, "She's not leaving." <laughs> but then he keeps telling himself he's going to take her back. But anytime mm-hmm. he talks about going back, he gets like mad and like stomps around <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just as really you do, book. as you do. But that's my um, Linda Chance. So if anybody wanted to read that, I read she's that. She's great. Mm-hmm. I read um, Take a Hint, Danny Brown. I finished that one. I read How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days by K.M. Jackson. What and, is uh, that about? I've seen that one. It's really cute. It's really cute. It's um, So this girl, she's an artist, and she finds out in the beginning that Keanu Reeves is getting married in 90 days. Okay. And so it's about her journey to, like, get her life together and stop him. All the same time, like, it's. <laughs> It's really cute, but like her best friend is a guy, and it's kind of like best friends to lovers. Okay. Like it's it's really sweet. That's by K.M. Jackson, and the audio is great. I love the narrator. She can tell like she's young and fresh, and it's it's great. And then I'm currently listening to Actor Age Eve Brown, and that's the Brown Sisters trilogy by Talia Hibbert. That's the last book in it. And I stopped it the other day because I was like, I'm not ready for this to end. <laughs> so, yeah, those are that. just, they're sweet, contemporary, fun, great romances. So I recommend all of those. Um, I think that's all I have on my reading list. I did download Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, but I haven't listened to it yet. Um, I've just heard so many great things about her, but I've never read any of her books. So that one I've got, but I haven't done it yet. So, all right, let's talk about Andy's books. So Andy Finishell, <laughs> her author bio, let me read that. Andy Finishell also writes as multi-genre author A.S. Finishell. After leaving a successful IT career in New York City, Andy followed her lifelong dream of becoming a professional writer. She's never looked back. (laughs) Originally from New York, Andy grew up in New Jersey and now lives in Missouri with her real-life hero and her her wonderful husband. When not buried in a book, she enjoys cooking, travel, history, and puttering in her garden. On the side, she's a master cat wrangler, and her fur babies keep her very busy. So the book she has with us this week is called Lane to Fame, which I love this book, but I'll read it to you. Um, Matthew, Sadie Baker is the most beautiful, kind, talented, and out-of-reach woman I'll ever know. Rock stars don't date small-town photographers. Rock stars date other celebrities and live miserably ever after. I know it, but I can't get her out of my head. So when she needs a little time away from the roar of the crowds, I'm all in. I'll take her to my beach house to write her and her next album. Forever might be out of reach, but a few stolen moments in heaven is worth the risk. 
Sadie. Matthew Lane is the me- is the best medicine for my busted up heart. With my label looking for the next big album and my band counting on me to feed their families, I'm torn in a million directions. Songwriting used to be my greatest pleasure, but now I'm at an artistic death spiral. A few days at the beach with a hunk is just what the doctor ordered. It can it can never last. Nothing ever does. <laughs> I just love it. Like that, I think that's I such a great way to set it up because it's like obviously this is going to be happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy has a few things going on this week. She has Carnival Lane, um, which released on March fourth. Um, Dad Bod Handyman is available too, and I'm sorry that title alone, Dad Bod Handyman. Like I, know. That, I, I don't see need it. to know I anything actually else. Clicked it already. <laughs> I haven't got a yeah. chance to when I set up our page on our website mm-hmm. like, what's this <laughs> yeah uh the pre-order is up for changing lives which is a may december romance that's 99 cents and the pre-order pre-order for heavy petting which is a best friend's brother romance is 99 cents and this week she's given away two print copies of dad bod handyman <laughs> and um she's signing those so yep so make sure you enter this week's giveaway and i guess that's it Let's play the uh, first installment of Lane to Fame. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Lane to Flame by Andy Fenicle. Read for you by Michael Pierce. Lane to Fame by Andy Fenicle. Matthew. Sadie Baker is the most beautiful, kind, Talented and out of reach woman I'll ever know. Rock stars don't date small town photographers. Rock stars date other celebrities and live miserably ever after. I know it, but I can't get her out of my head. So when she needs a little time away from the roar of the crowds, I'm all in. I'll take her to my beach house to write her next album. Forever might be out of reach, but a few stolen moments in heaven is worth the risk. Sadie Matthew Lane is the best medicine for my busted-up heart. With my label looking for the next big album, and my band counting on me to feed their families, I'm torn in a million directions. Songwriting used to be my greatest pleasure— but now I'm in an artistic death spiral. A few days at the beach with a hunk is just what the doctor ordered. It can never last. Nothing ever does. Chapter 1 Matthew The wedding of my cousin, Emma, to Lucas Mayfair at the Roseville Country Club is in full swing. I'm playing wedding photographer as a favor, but I'm also a guest. I've done all the posed pictures and even made my way around during dinner to get pictures of every table. I'm snapping some candid shots of the dancing when I spot Sadie Baker sitting alone at her table. The empty chairs belong to other musicians represented by Lucas, but they're all partying on the dance floor. As a talent agent, Lucas knows famous people, Roseville has been super excited to have so many stars in town for the wedding. Sadie doesn't look excited, 
She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, with long brown hair that shines under the light of the chandelier and eyes so blue they look purple. Smudges under those stunning eyes reveal her exhaustion. I make my way around the dancers and snap a few more pictures. Hi, Miss Baker. I don't take her picture. I'm sure she's had enough of that, and I've already taken what I need. She forces a smile. Matthew, we've met at least ten times, and I've asked you to call me Sadie every time. I think we're beyond the Miss Baker stage, unless you want me to start calling you Mr. Lane. I bark out a laugh. My grandfather is Mr. Lane. Matthew will do. Her smile is easier, and that just makes her more beautiful. My body responds to her every single time I see her. I never call her Sadie, because if I start thinking she's on my level, I might do something stupid. Who am I kidding? I'm already crushing like a school kid. To hide my visceral response to her, I sit. You don't look like this is where you want to be. I wouldn't miss Lucas's wedding. I'm just tired, Matthew. I've been writing for weeks. She lets out a long sigh. It doesn't sound like it's going that well. I put my camera on the table and focus on her. It's not hard. But I sure am. Over the last five months, she spent a lot of time in Roseville, not reacting to her like a horny teen hasn't gotten any easier. Emma told me you take beautiful pictures and that headshots and weddings are a side job. She studies her champagne, then runs a crimson nail along the flute's rim. Does she know how fucking sexy every move she makes is? I have a graphic design business with my cousin, Jackson, and I take pictures. Occasionally I sell a picture, but it's not a living. No point pumping up my resume. This woman is not in the same stratosphere, let alone league as me. She nods and stares across the ballroom at all the partying guests. Have you ever felt uninspired and lost when it comes to your art? My chest aches from the pain in her eyes. I have. What do you do? She dashes a tear from her eye. I have a house at the shore. I go there for a few weeks when I can't shake myself out of it. Even knowing it's not real, it's hard to ignore it when my focus is out of whack. It's weird to talk about those feelings. She turns and focuses on me. You really do understand? Shrugging, I say. I think most artists do. Don't you have musician friends who you can talk to and work through it with? I've jammed with everyone in New York trying to find my passion for writing again. Another tear. But this one escapes. She smiles, but it doesn't touch her eyes. Sorry to dump this on you. I'll work it out. If you want a break, you can use my beach house, Sadie. I want to wrap her in my arms and take care of her. Her eyes are watery, but she holds on. I can't ask that of you. The idea of Sadie in my house renews my crazy attraction, but I push it aside. You didn't ask. I offered. It's empty, but I've got it ready for summer. 
There won't be too many people down there before Memorial Day, and it's been cool so far this spring. With a baseball cap and some sunglasses, you could hide down there. Her eyes flash with something that could be passion, but it's gone as quickly as it appeared. Sliding into the chair separating us, she whispers, Are you coming with me to your beach house, Matthew? I have to close my eyes against the wave of desire that washes over me, Swallowing down every emotion besides wanting to take care of her, I look her in the eye. I'm not trying to get you into bed, if that's what you think. I just want to help. My offer is just for you to go to the shore. She frowns, and her neck pinkens. Then you wouldn't want to join me there? Jesus, Sadie. I have to look away. As much as I've tried to conceal it, I'm sure my desire for you has been obvious every time we've been in a room together. So if you're teasing me, you should say so. In the barest whisper, she says, I wasn't teasing. Grabbing my camera, I take her hand. Dance with me? She stands and follows me to my seat, where I put my camera in the bag. I could have come across the room and done this without her, but I'm afraid this is a dream, and I don't want to wake up. Once my camera is secure, we walk to the dance floor in time for the first notes of Always on My Mind. Holding Sadie in my arms and swaying with the music seems more fantasy than reality. When would you like to go? She toys with the longer hairs at my neck and presses her cheek to mine. In five-inch heels, she's only an inch shorter than me. Can you go tomorrow? Her black silk dress fails to contain her body heat. If spontaneous combustion is real, I'm in trouble. I have a few things to take care of, but I can take you tomorrow afternoon. Are you staying in town tonight? If the way her pulse is thrumming under my fingers is any indication, she is not unaffected by our closeness. That depends, Matthew. On what? Pulling back a few inches, she looks me in the eyes. On whether or not you invite me to go home with you. I lift her hand and kiss the inside of her wrist. I just want to make sure this is real. I would be honored if you would come home with me tonight. Passion returns to her eyes, and she's breathing hard. Can we leave now, or do you need to stay? There are so many lanes in this room, no one will notice one less. Chapter 2 Sadie I've wanted to get close to Matthew Lane since the first time I saw him, slim and muscular like a runner with light blue eyes and dark hair, Everything about him draws me in. Wearing a dark gray suit, with his wide shoulders stretching the fabric, he makes my mouth water. It should be easy for a rock and roll musician to make a pass at a man she's attracted to, but it's usually a nightmare. Either the guy takes it as an opportunity to trend on social media, or he's too terrified to follow through. How did you get here? Matthew's hand is warm and sure. 
He's not a guy who would use a woman for fame or anything else. He's down to earth and so nice it makes my heart ache. I have a limo. Tony will come back when I'm ready to return to New York. He's probably close by. I scan the parking lot. My car's over there. He points to an SUV. It looks more like a family car, but when he opens the door for me, I see the back is full of photography equipment. In the car, I pull my phone out and dial Tony. Hey, I'm going to stay with a friend tonight. All right. Tony says wearily. You can go home, or I can see about a room at the inn for tonight. There's a long pause. I'll head home. Need me to come and get you in the morning? Maybe my friend can drive me into the city. I look over at Matthew, and he nods. Let me know if anything changes. Tony sounds nervous. Okay, but I'm fine. I'm actually better than I've been in a while. I thank Tony and end the call. He can come back for me. You don't have to drive me to the city. I'll just need to pack a few things. I click my seatbelt into place. If you don't mind waiting for me to get my work sorted in the morning, I'm happy to bring you home to pack. His voice seemed ragged. Not the assured man he usually is. Do I make you nervous? It's the last thing I want. That makes him smile. Hell yes, you do. A knot forms in my gut. Tony can't have gotten far. I'll call him. I reach for my purse. Matthew stops me with his big hand. I'm not saying I don't want you to come home with me, Sadie. It's just that when a woman you desire lets you know that she wants you too, there's bound to be some nerves. Especially when the woman is famous. It's just an illusion. The fame, I mean... I might be more nervous than him. My pulse is pounding in my ears. He pulls into a small parking lot behind a store. I live above the cafe. It's not fancy. They make great coffee. I open my door and step out. After taking bags from the back, he locks the car and leads me to his door. A set of steep stairs. The flick of a light switch. And it's like we're in another world. White walls with light gray trim showcase photographs and artwork on every wall. A small kitchen looks sophisticated with gray cabinets and black countertops. Lights and backgrounds for his photography studio occupy a corner of the living room near a large computer setup. A white lacquered table with cushioned cane-back chairs, a dark gray couch, rust chairs, and a glass coffee table keep the place minimalist. A black-and-white photograph of a woman's hands playing the piano is a stunning aesthetic. This is beautiful. My cousin's girl is a concert pianist. He puts his equipment down on the studio side of the room. He points to the painting of the same subject. My cousin Jackson is the painter. I met so many people at the wedding, I couldn't say if one of them was the cousin who painted the gorgeous art hanging in the apartment— you and your cousin are both very talented. Standing in the middle of the living room, he watches me, but makes no move. Thanks. I face him. Are you going to come over here? When you invite me? His eyes are like a spring sky.
I could get lost in this man. I stepped closer to him. I invited myself back to your apartment, Matthew. Do you think I'm the kind of girl who would do that and not want more? Pulling his hands from his pockets reveals the bulge of his cock, straining against the fly of his trousers. He tilts his head. I think you are entitled to change your mind at any time, Sadie. Exquisite actors and rock stars never turned me on the way Matthew Lane does. Besides his obvious good looks, with him, there's no agenda beyond the moment. Will you take me to your bedroom and make love to me? Jesus. He breathes and runs his hand through his dark hair. Stepping to me, he threads his fingers through mine. The heat between us is combustible. I've wanted that since the first time Lucas brought you to Billy's Mill Tap Room. Pressing my hips forward, I grind my center against his rigid shaft. I'll tell you a secret. I nip his earlobe. I wanted you, too. Those mesmerizing eyes close, and he draws a long breath. Opening them again, he presses his lips to mine in a sweet, soft kiss. He loves on my bottom lip, and then the top. Unable to resist tasting him, I slide my tongue inside his mouth. Electricity flies between us. I pull my hands free and grip his back and neck. He backs me against the wall near the kitchen and makes love to my mouth until we're both breathless. Nibbling his way from my ear, down my neck to my bare shoulder, he pushes my dress strap aside. My pussy is so wet for him. With a leg wrapped around him, I thrust my hips forward for some relief. I growl. I need you, Matthew. Cupping my cheek, he looks into my eyes as his fingers slide up my leg. He moans when he feels my juices on my inner thighs. Is this just for me, Sadie? Yes. It's hard to breathe. His fingers are so close, and my body reaches for more of his touch. He presses one finger along my slit. No wonder where. It's too hard to respond. I shake my head. Needing more, I suck the side of his neck, kiss along his jaw, and devour his beautiful mouth. Rubbing my clit in soft circles has me crying out against his lips. My hips jerk, and I grind against his hand as he dips those big fingers inside me. Matthew! I reach between us and rub his hard cock through his trousers. It's as if I'm a randy teen all over again, tugging at his belt, then his fly. I can't get enough of this man. I finally hold his big cock in my hand. Coupled with the wicked things he's doing with his fingers, I scream as my orgasm shatters around me. Matthew pulls me into a hug and kisses my cheek. That was wonderful. I laugh. I don't think any man has ever told me an orgasm that didn't include his pleasure was wonderful. I think that's my line. Pressing kisses to my forehead, temple and nose, 
He caresses my back and along my thigh to my hip. I want to give you more, Sadie. But only if that's what you want. Is your bedroom down that hall? I point to the only hall. He nods on the left. I take two steps and then reach my hand back for him to take. Come show me how much more. Chapter 3 Matthew It's hard to wrap my head around Sadie Baker, naked, in my bed. Taking a condom from the nightstand, I watch her pull her sleek dress over her head. One thin piece of silk was all that was between the world and the most beautiful feminine body. She puts her palm over a small scar on her belly. After removing all my clothes in a record time, I ease onto the bed beside her. Moving her hand aside, I kiss the scar. What was this from? Appendix. She blushes. I kiss my way up to one perfect nipple. Suck until she arches and grabs my hair. When I reach her lips, I kiss until it's hard to breathe. I'm so hard and needy. We all have scars, Sadie. You don't have to hide anything from me. She palms my cheek. Are you always this good? I'm not all good. I just don't have an agenda, and I suspect that's something new for you. She snatches the condom from my hand and unwraps it. Her hands are magic as she works it down, then caresses me to distraction. Sadie, I've been hard for you for almost five months. If you keep doing that, this will be over before I'm inside you. I squeeze my hand around hers, stopping the best hand job of my life. Letting go, she swings her leg over my hip and adjusts me at the apex of her thighs. Moaning, she eases down an inch. I'll have to tell you about how many times I've given myself an orgasm thinking about you in those same five months. Gripping her hips, I thrust inside her and push away visions of her pleasuring herself before I embarrass myself. We hold still on guttural moans. She rides me with her head thrown back and her hair wild around her. I'm not going to last long with all of that going on. With my thumb, I circle her clit over and over. Her rhythm increases. Fuck! She presses her palms against my chest. I'm going to come. Don't hold back, baby. Come for me. I stroke her harder and faster. She pounds onto me, lifting her ass and jerking it down so that flesh slaps against flesh. On a scream, her pussy clenches around me, pulling me into a shattering orgasm. My hips and legs jerk and quiver with my release. Every time I move, her body squeezes me harder. Collapsed on my chest, she relaxes under a curtain of her beautiful hair. Catching my breath. I run my hand over her soft skin from shoulder to ass. This is my perfect moment, and it's a shame to move. Are you okay? With my cock still inside her, she stretches like a cat and sits up. I'm fine. Better than that. She rocks her hips. 
fuck's Sadie. My cock is already thinking this seems like a good idea. My damn sensible side speaks up. I'm gonna need a minute. She rocks again. It doesn't feel like you do, Matthew. Does she have to say my name like a prayer? I could listen to that for the rest of my life. I could stay inside her for the rest of my life. I've never wanted anything as much as I want her. Sitting up, I roll her under me. I need just a minute to grab another condom, and I promise I'll make you come all night long if that's what you want. That's exactly what I want from you, Matthew. There's that prayer again. I'm a man of my word. We made love all night long. It's 2.45 in the afternoon when we arrive at Long Beach Island and pull into the driveway of my beach house. It's on Ocean Boulevard, but not the ocean side. Built on stilts, it was one of the few homes close to the water that survived Hurricane Sandy. My neighbors weren't as lucky, which means that all the houses around mine are brand new. This is nice. Sadie steps out into the cool breeze of spring at the shore. From the back seat, she takes her guitar and a small backpack. Her hair whips around, and she has to grab it with one hand to keep it out of her eyes. With both our bags and my camera bag, I show her up the steps to the front door. Don't sound so surprised. I bought it with some friends ten years ago and bought each one out when they wanted I love it down here, so I don't think I'll ever sell. She puts her backpack gently on the kitchen table and rushes through the house before walking back to the deck where we just came in. Between the houses across the street, the view of the Atlantic Ocean captures her attention. This is great. I can't believe she's in my house. But I guess that's how it is when the woman of your dreams becomes a reality. I wrap an arm around her waist. I'm glad you're here. She hugs me and rests her head on my shoulder. I am, too. My neighbor Joe calls from the street. Hey, Matthew, you just get in? Sadie lets her hair cover most of her face. Yep, just now, Joe. You been here long? I call back, keeping a possessive arm around her waist. We came up last week. Have to head back to Philly today. He's being pulled along by his mastiff, Pete. Anyone else in town? Joe shakes his head. Pretty dead with all this cold weather. I'm filled with relief. It's better for Sadie if people don't notice us. It won't stop the crowds in three weeks, cold or warm. Joe laughs. <laughs> True. He waves and lets Pete drag him down the road. Once Joe is out of sight, Sadie lets the breeze blow her hair away from her face. I guess I shouldn't have come out here without that baseball cap you suggested. I shrug. Joe's the kind of guy who minds his own business. Besides, if he'd recognized you, he'd have said something. She takes my hand and tugs me back inside, wraps her arms around my neck, and plunges her tongue into my mouth. Grabbing her ass, I pull her against my cock, where it's already straining behind my jeans. You're something else, Sadie Baker. I expect it will break my heart when you leave me. Frowning, she steps back and stares at me. 
Why would you say that? I was caught up in the kiss and her body. That you're going to break my heart? It's true. I shrug. With her hands wrapped around her waist and just a hint of skin showing between her jeans and cropped tee, she suddenly looks lost. I never want to do that. Treading my fingers through her hair, I cup the back of her head so she'll meet my gaze. Don't disappear on me now. We just got here. We have a week, at least, you said. I don't expect anything, Sadie. I'm happy with whatever you're willing to share. Any time with you is a gift. I only meant that you have a big life and it will probably pull you away at some point. It hurts to say it. I never want her to move on from what we started last night. I'm just being realistic. With a long sigh, she relaxes into my embrace. The problem with the big life is that it's hard to find someone willing to become a part of that madness. I don't know how to respond. Is she asking me to fit into her life more permanently? That's too much to hope for. I squeeze her tighter and kiss the crown of her head. What if I fit you into the giant bathtub and I fit in there with you for the next half hour? We'll see what happens. Then take a walk on the beach before the sun goes down. A smile lights her eyes as she pulls her jean jacket off, then her shirt, steps out of her sneakers, and runs down the hall to the bathroom. <laughs> Laughing, I chase after her. Defiant Queen by Jagger Cole. She's my sweetest torment and my cruelest obsession. Coming March 10th. Defiant Queen is book two in a duet and not a standalone book. Broken God should be read before reading this book. The completed duet of Broken God and Defiant Queen is a standalone story within the Savage Air series. You do not need to have read the previous books in this series to read this duet. This extra dark Bratva Academy romance is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Step into the viper's nest of Oxford Hills Academy and meet the savage heirs of Bratva kings and oligarchs. That's Defiant Queen, a dark Bratva Academy romance by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, so yeah, make sure you check out Carnival Lane, which her is her newest release. And Dad Bod Handyman, that's available now. And she's giving away two signed copies of those for her giveaway this week. And also check out that pre-order for Changing Lanes and Heavy Petting. Heavy Petting sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it does. All right. So I that's, guess it. that's it. All right. Then tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.